through um, tragedy, job loss, deaths in their family, um, things that nobody wants to look back on and say, wow, what a memorable moment in my life. What a, what a thing that I really want to just hang on to and, and remember. And yet, interspersed with that, there's also beauty. There's also really, really amazing things that we all experience as human beings that we all experience together. And when we come to the end of a year and start a new year, it's always good for us to take inventory and to look at our life and look at the inside of our life and look at the track record of our life and look at the things that we have amassed, the things that we have accumulated and the things that we have let go of and the things that we have lost. Some of these things are really good. I, uh, I've got some friends that are going to share a few things on the screen behind us in a minute about this last year that, that, uh, that they've let go of and some things that they're looking forward to. Um, they're just based of gravity people. So. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's always amazing to be able to scan a crowd of people and ask them where they're at in life because in a group this size, if we were to do that right now, some of you would be in a really good spot. You would be experiencing things in your life that you want to hang on to and you want to remember. There's a lot of people here tonight that if I were to pass this microphone around right now, you would hear stories like, this last year, God came into my life in a way that I didn't even think was possible. You would hear stories of people talking about getting sober and being free from the addiction of drugs in, in, a, in a moment in their life that they never dreamed possible. You would hear stories of people that have also been through hell and back. You would hear stories of people who said, I knew God, and this last year has been one of the worst years of my life. I don't know what's going on. It seems like everybody else is getting better and I'm getting worse. That's the real stuff of what we're going through right now in this room. I want to read something to you from the scripture. It says in the book of Hebrews, in verse tw chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. Jesus was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy that he knew would be his afterward. And now he is seated in the place of highest honor beside God's throne in heaven. Think about all that Jesus endured when sinful people did such terrible things to him so that you don't become weary and give up. Because after all, you have not given your lives yet in this struggle against sin. And have you entirely forgotten the encouraging words that God spoke to you, his children, when he said, listen to these words to you tonight. My child, do not ignore it when the Lord disciplines you. And don't be discouraged when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those that he loves and he punishes those he accepts as his children. And as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his very own children. Who ever heard of a child who was never disciplined? For if God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you're illegitimate and you're not really his children after all. Since we respect our earthly fathers who disciplined us, 
Should we not all the more cheerfully submit to the discipline of our Heavenly Father and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best that they knew how, but God's discipline is always right and it's good for us because it means we will share in His holiness. Listen to this. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterward there will be a quiet, a, there will be a quiet harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and stand firm on your shaky legs. Mark out a straight path for your feet, and then those who follow you, though they are weak and lame, they will not stumble and fall, but they will become strong. It's a lengthy passage of Scripture for us to look at tonight. If you come here often, then you know that we like to read from the Scripture a lot. We, we feel that there are so many people who miss out on the joy and the benefit of just hearing God's spoken word and that we like to read from it. We like to let it hit us. And this passage hits us in a lot of different ways. It talks about the fact that you and I, in our life, are really running a race. And just like this race concept that you and I think of, it, it's grueling and a race isn't sometimes quick. You know, it's funny, this, this New Year season is one of those moments in my life where I'm on that wagon of people that wants to, you know, get in shape and I want to exercise and I want to eat right and I want to take care of me. And I would like to say that it's because, um, you know, I'm just slightly off course a little bit, but this last week I went to the snow with my kids and I couldn't even run up the hill to chase them as they're throwing snowballs at me. And I'm, you know, of course telling them, oh, I don't want to chase you anyway, but inside I'm just, you know, the heart's just pounding and you're just like, what happened to me? And I want to get back in shape. And I'm like, all right, honey, I did what any normal husband would do. I became a dictator and I told her, you're going to do this with me every morning. We're going to get up and we're going to do this. And of course she did what every good, normal, loving wife is. She said, get lost, dude. I'm not doing that with you. And then we proceeded to have marriage counseling afterwards about how husbands and wives shouldn't work out together. It's all one of these things that was very, very profitable for us. But I say that because I'm very familiar with this idea of running a race right now. I'm very familiar with this idea that if you were to challenge me to a foot race right now, I don't care who you are, you win, hands down. That's just the way it is, the way it sits right now. But in six months from now, hopefully, I would be able to keep up with you a little bit. It might change as I progress and as I begin to develop endurance, as I begin to develop this idea that I have to begin to go through the steps of disciplining myself and of doing what it takes for me to be who I want to be. If I were to poll you tonight and say, how many of you are encouraged or discouraged with where you're at right now? If we're honest, many of you are discouraged. There's many of you that have come to the end of 2010 and you're discouraged and you're not sure that you like where you're at. And I know that sometimes this time of year is the real happy time. It's like, oh, rah, rah, we're going to be okay. And I'm sorry to be your killjoy, but I want to talk to you straight. I know that's not really where you're at. But there's hope for you because as we read in these scripture, it doesn't just tell us that we're in a race, but it says that if we will begin to do the things necessary, first is stripping off the things that are holding us back. My friends, I don't have to tell you 
what's heavy in your life tonight. You know what's heavy. It might be a relationship. It might be an addiction. It might be something in your heart that you just can't seem to come clean with God on. It doesn't matter what it is. It has the same effect on you. It's heavy. And just like if I were to throw a weight behind me and try to drag it around with me, after a while, my progress is going to slow down. And after a while, I'm not going to get very far because that weighty, heavy thing is dragging me down. You can let it go. You can let it go tonight. You can discard it. You can cut it off. You can say, I don't want to be drugged back by any of the weights anymore. And the way that we do that is the most beautiful thing that I can tell you with tonight. It says it right here. It says the way we do it is by keeping our eyes on Jesus. I love the gospel of Jesus because the gospel of our society, the gospel of the human race says that, Jason, if you have a weight that's dragging behind you, then, Jason, you need to read the best self-help book that you can get your hands on. And Jason, you need to go through the steps to cut it away yourself so that you can free yourself from this heavy weight so that you can do what you want to do. But the gospel of Jesus tonight says you can't cut it off. You can't free yourself. That weight will be with you until the day that you die unless you do one thing and one thing only, and that is look to Jesus and ask Him to cut that weight off of you. Ask Him to remove the heaviness. Ask Him to remove the thing that holds you back. And when it says here in Scripture that we keep our eyes on Jesus, and when we do that, He is the one that prepares us for the race. He is the one that brings us to the place to where we desire to be. He is the one that brings us to the place where we can run and not get tired. He then says, as you're keeping your eyes on Jesus, He says, don't quit. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. Don't quit. And isn't it interesting that the very next thing that he says in this passage is he says, because you're his children. He is your father in heaven and you're his children. It's this beautiful concept of us coming to God fatherless. And we're broke down and we're weighted down and we can't get where we want to get and everything is holding us back. And we're orphans and we're in this world wanting to know what, what it's all about and how to make sense of it. And it's because we don't have a daddy who can look to us and say, watch, I'll show you the way. And we come to our Father in heaven broke down and weighted down and we say to him, will you please free me? And the gospel of Jesus says to every one of you and to me tonight, yes, I'll free you. And then he doesn't just say, I'll set you free so that you can be my slave and just be part of the crew. He says, I will call you my child and I will father you and I will show you the way and I'll be your daddy. And we begin this journey following after God, the creator of it all. And we get to call him father. And then he goes on and it says, now as a good father, I'm going to teach you the ways of life. And that requires discipline. And in comes where many of you are at tonight. Many of you look at your life and you say, you know, Jason, at the beginning of 2010, I had big dreams. I had big goals. I wanted to be down the road in life. I wanted to 
Some of us, I wanted to have a job. Some of us, I wanted to be free from my addiction and be sober. I wanted to be able to get my driver's license back and get my children back in my life. Some of us were saying, I feel a call of God to become part of a ministry and I want to give myself to that. We have all of these dreams and these big goals that we, that we aspire to. And at the beginning of the year, we were so intent on accomplishing these things only to find ourselves here 366 days later sitting going, what happened? What happened? And the first instinct that you have tonight is to look at yourself in the mirror and think, you know what, Jason? You're still a loser. You're still a loser. You're still doing the same things that you've always done and it's not going to get you anywhere. And then hopelessness sets in and then depression sets in and discouragement sets in. And my friends, some of you need to hear these words tonight that you are not a loser, that you have not lost your way, that you have not screwed up and you are not 10 steps back further than where you started. Right now, you are sitting on your father's lap and he is giving you a spanking and it's good for you. It's what you need right now. And he is bringing correction to your life and he's bringing discipline to your life and it doesn't feel good and you don't want it. But if you will let it happen and if you will participate, you say, how do I participate? You participate in the process of discipline by accepting it. By saying to your father, I know I need this. I am gonna allow this to shape me and make me become what you want me to become. And God, I want you to do it. You're like, what? I want correction, I want hard times, no way. I'm like, yes way. Because when you do, the promise in Hebrews is that you will become a participant in the glory of God. You will become somebody who experiences the joy like nothing else. You will become one of the few who walk this earth who actually look around and see things as they really are. Not the ones that walk around with clouded vision who are always grasping, trying to figure out what's going on. My friends, let God have access to your heart. Let Him have access to the inside. The most beautiful thing about this passage, I love it so much, it says in verse 12, so take a new grip with your tired hands and stand firm on your shaky legs and mark out a straight path for your feet. And then those who follow you, though they are weak and lame also, they will not stumble and fall, but they will become strong. I don't know about you, but sometimes my grip is so weak that I cannot hang on any longer. I want to just let go because my grip has lost its strength. And I feel like I've stood so long in the hard times that my legs are literally becoming shaky and I want to just collapse and I don't want to go on any further and I can't take another step. But my father, your father, promised something to us a long time ago to a shepherd named David. And in the book of Psalms, he says these most amazing words. He says, he leads us beside still waters to a good place and he renews our strength and he restores our soul. He is the one that though our grip is so ready to give up and our legs are shaky, he is the one that comes in and says, I will give you what you need. 
I'll make your path straight so that those that are watching you from behind will be able to follow. They will be able to go where you go. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, tonight is a momentous night for many of us because we love black and white things, God. We love the end and we love the beginning of things. And God, that's where we live tonight. It's January 1st of a brand new year. And God, we want to be able to enjoy this new year with confidence and assurance knowing that we're following after you and that, God, that you are taking us to a beautiful place. But God, we got to be real with you tonight because you see everything anyway and you see our hearts as we sit here and we pray right now. And God, you know that many of us tonight are tired and we're weary and we're discouraged and we need to hear you talk to us and we need to feel your embrace and we need to know that you're close to us and we need to know that no matter what happens, you will be there. And so God, tonight I pray for every single person and every single heart that's here, that God, that you would lift their head and that you would encourage them, that you would restore their soul. Jesus, would you speak to our hearts tonight as we listen for you, as we desire, as we desire to hear that voice inside talk to us. If you're here tonight and you're new to this whole God thing, you have questions or whatever, and you want to talk to somebody, in the next couple minutes we're gonna we're gonna go through an exercise together. We do every Saturday, it's called communion. It's a time for followers of Christ to come back to the simplest expression of our faith when we look to his death and his resurrection and we remember and we say thank you and then we take it a step further and we say God now we want you to speak to us and we present to God this bread and this juice we say God use this in my life right now to stir up stir up inside of me God whatever you need to touch whatever you need to put your hands on whatever you need to bring to my remembrance. We seek him and we listen for what he would say. And so if you're here tonight and you don't feel comfortable doing this, you don't have to, but know that you matter to us and we want to talk to you. And if you're here and you need prayer, we want to pray with you. We want to connect with you. We want to be able to spend a moment with you. Don't leave tonight without letting us do that. We've got lots of food out there and we hope that you'll hang out with us for a little while, but right now we're gonna take a few minutes and we're gonna spend it with Jesus. Would you come and receive this bread and this juice and then take it and have a moment with God?